Hello, everyone. Welcome to Autumn is Here. I'm your host, Francine, and I am here to talk again to someone that we had before that spoke to us about being a caregiver, um, Stacey J. We want to welcome her to the show. Welcome, Stacey. Oh, thank you for having me again. No, I, I definitely want to have you again because you were going through the experience um, and you were learning so many different things as you go through the experience. And I want to give you my condolences because your mom has passed on and um, I understand how hard it is. So um, I really appreciate you, you know, being here and still being able to, to talk and to help and share with other caregivers. Oh, thank you. I think, um, you know, one of the things from this is some advocacy that I've picked up because um, even though I didn't go through it as long as some people do, I just know there are other people I saw that don't have anyone that is there for them, advocating for them, or even just checking on them. And so I'm not saying I could do everybody, but where I can stand in that gap, I think it's so important, you know. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, some of the things that you um, have gone through um, can you give me some um, knowledge of what, what you've learned during this process? Because it is a learning process. Yeah. yeah. Well, when it started back in January, I had no idea that like, boom, you're a caregiver. So that took me by surprise. I thought I might have had some time to plan, but I didn't. And so, you know, I didn't know about a lot of the programs available. Let's start, go back and say about having insurance and things in place for your elder years. That is so, so important. And it's important for us as, you know, if our parents are still alive or even for ourselves to check and make sure that we have enough coverage. That's there because once I got my mother, I'm like, okay, well, she got Medicaid, you know, she has life insurance, you know, the basic things. And then I found out that they asked me, did she have long-term uh, long insurance? I didn't know what that was. Um, and then find out that she didn't have all the Medicaid. She had like part B, but not part A. And I'm like, well, it's an A, B, C, D. And what do they do? And because she didn't really have a lot of coverage or money, and I had to find out about waivers and CCSP and these different programs that can help you. Um, so as I'm going through having her here and finding out all the different things she needed, it was a journey. And so when people would ask me, how can I help you? I'm thinking, help me do some research. Like, you know, I know people want to pray for you and that's always good. However, I needed help actually navigating and finding out these resources of what was available to her because she didn't have money. She didn't have a home to sell, a car to sell, no type of investment properties or anything for me to say, oh, well, how much is it for me to do this? We didn't have that. Then I found out the differences between assistant living, memory care, nursing homes, personal care homes. I mean, all of this is on the fly. So I'm like overwhelmed. I'm like, I don't know what all this means because I didn't want to put in a nursing home. Um, I thought she could go to assistant living because that looks a little nicer. You know, they still let's move around. And I'm like, oh, I put in a nice assistant living. And I called and they said, yes, we do this, 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 and that's 4000 a month. And I'm like, 4000 like that's two mortgages for some people, you know? So it was just the journey of finding out the programs that I could get paid to take care of her, that you could have nurses to come in, but that was only so many hours a day. And depending on the status of your loved one, they could need more care than what given and helping to clean up. And it was just a lot to go through, but through that journey, 
I did learn a lot about what is available um, and what resources can help you when you're in need and don't have money to be that to, to fill that gap. So, yeah, I just I learned all about that. I learned about the ombudsman because we could talk about that, too, because I am complaining on a nursing home that I had to put a complaint in. Um, so you hear all these stories about nursing homes, but I never had to deal with it. My dad was in assistant living, but my dad was still very coherent and functioning and moving around. But I've never experienced what a real nursing home looks like. And they are absolutely horrible. Mm. They are short staffed. And because they are underpaid, so I don't want to make it seem like all staff in nursing homes are not good. I'm just saying that they're underpaid. So sometimes you're going to get that type of service. But I also feel that if you take a job where you're caring for people, you should, if you're in it for the money, then maybe you shouldn't do it because I don't hear that there's a lot of money in it to right. take care of these people. So. So you had to learn all these things on the fly because you you were working, you have yeah. you have your own company and things like that. Yeah. And it takes a, a it takes a time. I know people who have done it before me and longer again. And, you know, when you have your own business, well, one, if you got to go to a job and then you have no care, that's going to affect you. Because now if you can't leave them at home or the nurses that you have coming in are coming in four hours a day and you work eight hours a day. And if you don't have any family member or friends that can come and sit with them, then you're kind of like in a rock between a rock and a hard place. Mm -hmm. Then for me, I'm an entrepreneur, so I work from home. So it might seem like, oh, you're home, you know, whatever. But it's very hard to work at home with someone that has short term dementia that's on oxygen, that is just kind of all over the place. And then you got to stop and then you got to feed them and all that. So it's a little bit. Mm, similar but different from having your own children you know I didn't work at from home when I had when my children were little I, I worked they went to daycare but now you're in a different position where you have a child adult that you can't just leave you know to you know I could be on a now and she's coming over to Stacy and you're like oh, I told, you know so it's not easy and you know my business did suffer from it a little bit because I wasn't as um, present with my business as much as I should have been because I was in and out with helping her and depression sets in, you know, um, and then you're trying to pull yourself up and keep someone together as well. So it was it was rough. So it, it's all around, you know, you you were affected by it um, in your space, in your home, yes. and emotionally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Financially, financially, um, triggers, you know, because sometimes we take care of our parents and we don't talk about that. What if you don't have a great relationship with your parent? Like, mm -hmm. you know, you hear stories about kids that don't do nothing. They just disappear. And I'm like, I could never do that. Even though she get on my nerve, I could never disappear. And so, you know, that was a trigger for me at home mm -hmm. is to have my mother here. And it was like, Ugh. we weren't at odds, but we had just became in a space where I'll call check on her. She called check on me. I was like, okay. But mm -hmm. not to have you in my space, like, oh, my gosh, she's here with me. And so, you know, had to I had some tantrums, <laughs> mm -hmm. but, you know, one of them really needed to happen. I think once I got that all the way out, that was the big one for me. Like, I was, you know, and then the other ones were just they were smaller, but I was in it. So I was like, I'm going to make sure she's good, going to take care of her. But that, you know, that's a trick because if you weren't there for them or unemotionally available or mean or whatever it is. Now I got to take care of you. You have the option of you could be mean back to them or you can step into the right of 
they, you know, they brought me in this world, no matter what, I'm still going to make sure that she's good. And that's what, that's the great part about that short time we were together. God had us in the same space at the same time for a reason. And so what I displayed on social media, people got to journey with me as I was journeying through it at the same time. Like, you know, you saw it and it was kind of like, oh, look at her and her mom. And I'm like, man, you just don't know. (laughs) this just happened but I'm thankful for that time together because um I know God is saying like it's gonna be short but we I'm gonna give it to you and I wish I would have kind of had insight to that because I probably would have didn't done things even more different but you don't know I didn't know when she was gonna go it was just like I would have done things a little bit differently um, knowing like if they was like October, she's she out of here. Then they'd be like, oh, OK, let's do this. Let's do it. You know what I'm saying? So right, I did right. the best that I could. And I'm thankful for those moments and those memories that I was able to capture and didn't even realize that me capturing them, videoing them and sharing them with Instagram, mm-hmm. that they were more for me. You know, and I know people have just reached out to me personally as like keep posting them cracker videos and thank you for sharing your journey so it was bigger than me yes yes so yeah that that is her nickname firecracker <laughs> remember that yeah. um if you don't mind can you um take us through some some of the the challenges and decisions the hard decisions that you had to make getting closer to her getting weaker and i don't know if you put her into hospice or how mm-hmm. how did you get the help that you need because it's very hard when you know that they're deteriorating and you know you need extra help then well i well, i don't want to say i didn't have any help but because people work you know it wasn't like everybody was like i'm here so she was here with me and then i got covid and then now Imagine trying to take care of her and I have COVID. So I'm like being, you know, having a weaker immune system. I didn't want to be around her. So now I got gloves on and passing her her food and stuff. And then and I'm trying to stay away from her, which she and I could tell was starting to get a little worse. So I'm like, Ma, I'm sick. You can't keep coming in here. And she wanted to hug. And those are the things I'm saying I would have changed. I'm like, oh my God, I didn't know that was the end. But she wanted to hug and stuff. And I was like trying to keep her safe. But she started coughing. And I was like, oh my God, and gave her COVID. But she didn't have COVID. I did finally get the ambulance to come get her because she was saying that she felt faint and all this. She had RSV. And I was like, what is RSV? So that's a respiratory infection. So she got RSV. She went to the hospital. They kept her there for some time. Um, And then when she came home, it was just she was even worse. She had a um, was that when she had because they end up giving a catheter in there. Mm -hmm. So she came home. But it just came a lot more for me, like to bathe her, because before I could go run her bath water. I could help her in the tub. She sits in the tub and play in the water a little bit. I'll come and get her out, you know, help her. But now it became harder. Because the infection, you know, really did a number on her lungs, even worse because she already had COPD. So now you have another respiratory infection on top of that. So then it became like, I'm not going to be able to take care of her by myself. And before um, I have cameras, I had put cameras in my house. So if I had to run out for a little bit, I could watch on the cameras. That was fine. But after the RSV, she would like freak out. I mean, I just went to go to the store to grab something and I'm on the camera and she's freaking out. So now I can't go anywhere. So I'm like, how do I 
run this household when I can't. Yeah, we got Instacart and stuff, but who want to be spending that extra money? You know, so I couldn't go anywhere. So from there, I had to make the hard decision about a nursing home. And she was supposed to back up when she was in the hospital. She was supposed to go to rehab. And then they called me to say she can't go to rehab because she doesn't have Medicaid Part A to pay for it. I'm like, what? So now I'm finding out, well, how much is it? And, you know, of course, the amount of money to do that was like, okay, you don't have that. So now I'm like, she couldn't go to rehab. So I found her a nursing home to go to. My mother was in there 24 hours. I had to take her out because I was thinking she looked like she was in a psych ward and the nurses did not seem to care to me. I'm like, what, what are we doing? She has a catheter. This, who's that? I don't know. You need to talk to the, the director of nursing. I'm like, how are you nursing her? And you don't know nothing. And so then by that night, I just stayed there all day because I wanted to see, because the floor downstairs looked much nicer than the floor upstairs. Upstairs looked like, I'm serious, like a psych ward. Downstairs looked like probably where they take you to just do the tour. So it was such a 24 hour turnaround for her to get released from the hospital. I was like, I can't take care of her if she comes home with me. So I got her in the nursing home the next day. Um, and like I said, I stayed and my mother started saying, do they have security? And it made me nervous because in this nursing home, there's people wandering the halls. I found out they can't control that. But it was one lady coming in everybody's room and you have to go. I forget her name, Linda. I was like, Linda, this isn't your room. You know, she was coming and trying to get in the bed and everything. So now I'm like, and my mother at this point was still firecracker. Like, what she keep coming in for? And I'm like, Ma, I don't know. So then it was another gentleman and they were bed together and it was pee on the floor. And I was just like, I can't keep my mother here. So when I came the next day to ask, could I move her downstairs? Now the nurse had Loki told me there's, there's rooms downstairs. And they told me what no rooms downstairs. So I'm thinking, who's lying? Who's telling the truth? So I fought for her to go downstairs. They would not do it. So I removed her. And when I removed her, I had to take her home. So again, this is when I couldn't go anywhere. And then I had a friend of mine help me find some other nursing homes that I went to that seemed to be a little bit better. So I ended up putting her in another one. She went in there on a Monday, walking, talking about, yeah, you know, my niece and this and that. By the next Monday, my mother had to be taken out in, in an ambulance looking non-responsive. She was, but she was so like, it was just, I thought she was gone. And that's when they decided to do the care plan with me, which I'm like, wouldn't you supposed to do the care plan with me? I don't know how this works. She got here, but they made it for that Monday. But now the short, the, the care um, plan meeting went short because now she needs to be rushed to the hospital mm. because- you're giving her too much oxygen. So now she goes from there to Emory and ICU with this whole big contraction on because her CO2 stats are dangerously high. And then from there, ICU, from there, hospice, and from there, she's gone. Oh, wow. Wow, that is so scary. You know, when when you're going through all that, like... What do you think? You Did you have a support system? Did you have? Yeah, I had my, you know, family and stuff. And family. at the time, you know, uh, when she got to hospice, a lot of family was flying in and stuff like that because I learned about hospice. Hospice isn't necessarily for you to go die. It's, you know, could be there because at first they were saying, oh, she's looking good. You need to look for her another home. I was like, you've got to be kidding me because now the whole problem was finding 
somewhere that I felt like, oh, this seems you know pretty decent. So now I'm distraught again, because as soon as you think you're getting a little air, you get hit with you need to find her another nursing home. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was almost like, I was like, they said they would give me time, but they said this isn't a place that you come for long term. And it was so nice and it was so clean. And it was so it was like what a nursing home should be hospice. But to me, what it should have been like. And it was like she got better. But then it's like she took a turn. And I think that as everybody, like the people that were coming in to visit, the lady told me this. I didn't know. She said sometime they wait to leave until everybody leaves. And that's exactly what she did. Everybody was coming and she just kind of looking. She was talking at first and then the talking started to diminish. But you could tell she was just looking around. And then the day I spent and I left the next day to come back and everybody left and she left. Oh, wow. Okay. So from your experience, what would you say? What did you take away that can help someone? Oh. I can because I'm actually going to be doing these events um, definitely on, you know, for caregivers, period. But definitely the um, the life insurance side, you know, I mean, not life insurance side, but just, yeah, the, the long term insurance is so essential. If anyone can keep their loved one out of a nursing home, I would highly suggest it because you it's nobody going to care for your loved ones like you would. You know, that's number one. Number two is making sure they have the resources in place, because when we unfortunately we have to depend on the government, you're going to get government type of help. It's almost like we'll give you a little help, but it's not our fault that you didn't set yourself up. Here's what you get. And so although they have these things in place, just like with the if I wanted to take care of her, I had to go through all these classes. Okay, fine. For you guys to pay me four hundred and twenty dollars a week. How would I live off of that and take care of her? And you say, I can't work a job. Mm-hmm. So I'm. how would I do that? So that's not even, you know, realistic. So I would tell people, definitely check your, if it's your parents, check your policy now, because sometimes they're old school, they get their policy, they're setting their ways, and they don't add for inflation and, and, and how the world is going. So mm-hmm. my mother kept saying, I got my stuff in order. I got it. It's here. And now I'm finding insurance policies that say, Stacy, make sure that this is still good. And I'm thinking, how would I know that? I don't live in Chicago and I'm finding this paperwork now and finding out that she had several policies, but they were lapsed. And she only had one that was legit. And it was like, what do you want me to do with this? Like, you want to, you want to be buried with this? And, I, and it may say, I'm not being insensitive or anything, but let's have a little laughter about it because it's important. Yeah. She didn't have enough money. And more importantly, and I know it's easy said than done, is as a caregiver, Lord have mercy, you gotta, you gotta be able to take care of yourself inside of that. You have to look at, I'm taking care of both of us. And I mean, physically, emotionally, and everything. I was around here like, I felt like my life was over to degree because I couldn't move how I wanted to move. We didn't. And because you didn't have certain things in place, I couldn't just call respite care and be like, yeah, I need her to come to respite care for about a week because I need a break. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's so many different things that like I feel like we're up next. Like this showed me like you better get your stuff together. Or you're going to be right like this, too. So now I just want to encourage people to check your policies, get more if you need to get the long term insurance, 
But if you are in that position, there are resources available, which I am creating a caregiver's ebook for that, you know, just kind of the resources to be like a little bit of a shorter cut. I may not cover everything in there, but it depends on your state too. But I am putting a general ebook together for caregivers because I just think if you have um, somewhat of a reference to go, okay, she talked about CCSP, let me call this in my state and and just guide people to where they need to go. It will cut down some of the worry, but also I've been talking with you know, spas and stuff about doing caregiver packages. Um, mm-hmm. because I think that, well, I know that you gotta take care of you in between there because I lost weight, headaches, dehydration. Mm-hmm. Some people I've heard that caregive that I know even had to be admitted to the hospital themselves. So how are we gonna take care of some if we're not taking care of ourselves? So if you have a support team, hold on them. I don't care who they are. They owe your faith. When people go, how can I help you? It's like, can you come sit with my mother? If it's someone I trust, you know what I'm saying? How can I help you? We need something to eat. Not that maybe that I don't have food in the refrigerator, but I don't feel like cooking. Can you Uber eat me? Like, let's think of those things because we don't think about that. You know, I need toilet paper and tissue. I can't really leave home. So there's other little things that people can pitch in or whatever that will make a difference to the caregiver because mm-hmm. we need to be able to breathe if it's nothing but once a month. But I suggest, if, especially if you have a support system, once a week, if it's just you go sit outside in the park or take a drive or work out or whatever it is, you got to do that because I was around here ripping dresses. I was so frustrated that I was in here like I wanted to tear, you know, how you want to have a tantrum. And then I thought about this show house. So if you do that, who's going to replace it? <laughs> so there's, you know, just find different outlets for yourself because there's no, no, no glory in beating yourself up to you're down. And then once they, de- you know, depart, now you need to be taken care of because you haven't taken care of yourself, you know? Right. Wow. Wow. So it sounds like this experience changed you in some way. Mm-hmm. Tell me what changes that you're going to make or take with you to move forward that this experience has helped you with? Let me tell you, we say this all the time, but, and I've lost my dad and I've lost other relatives, but you know, and I'm a daddy's girl. Like I wasn't her girl. I was daddy's girl, but because I understood why we were put together, it helped me um, because I have siblings on my dad's side. I'm the only child for my mother. So what it taught me was with my dad, there was all of us, you know, to kind of, in and helping with daddy, whatever. With me, it was me, you know? And so when we talk about life being short, like my mother was 81, which is a really good life, you know? Um, but it showed me that I'm up next and I'm not guaranteed, Thank uh, you know, I'm prayerful, but it doesn't mean I'm gonna make it to 81. I pray I make it to 81 and beyond healthy, but it does not mean you're granted that. So because now I'm in a different age bracket, you know, your 20s and 30s, you like I'm 60. Oh, that's so old. You know, now I'm like one, two, three. Oh, you ain't far. You know, so I want to live a vibrant life. I want to enjoy it. It just made me feel like don't wait for nothing. Mm. Don't procrastinate on nothing. Mm. 
check your health because we're getting older. We're losing a lot of things, especially as women. Our bone density is getting weaker. So building muscle to protect your bones is important. So for me now, I'm like, I'm on my health like I've never been before because I've never been sickly. So now when I go to the doctor and they're like, your cholesterol or have my cholesterol, you pre-diabetic, what? You know, so all those things are like, yeah, you were, you were super healthy. You could run around here and eat like you want, do what you want. But now you got to do differently. And looking at my mother, she was a smoker ever since I knew her. Like I used to go to the store with notes like, hey, my mom is the note, you know. So think about that. If you're a smoker, if you're alcoholic, you know, these things are going to catch up with you then. You might be able to do it in your younger age. So now for me, I'm just I'm on my health. I look at life so much differently now because I'm like, we all are going to die. It's giving me a new lease on life, seeing her. And then she would always say to me is that, you know, I appreciate you so much. Look at me. I just never thought because my mother ended up being when I got her, she was 98 pounds, oh, wow. you know, thought she was eating. She would say stuff like, oh, I cooked some pork rolls and greens. And I'm like, OK. But then I was to Uber eat her food sometime. And then she would call me and say, can you Uber eat me something? To eat? And I'm like, does she just want this? But my mother wasn't eating. So I'm saying it is so important to live your life on purpose like never before, because I just had a girlfriend that used to do my hair. She just died 41 years old. Oh my, oh, wow. my cousin, he's probably my age, just had a mild heart attack. Hmm. The food, the stress. The world is getting busier and busier and it's making you go, I got to, okay, did I, and I got to, oh my God, I got to do that. I want to ease it because I'm going to do the best I can and then whatever else I can save it to tomorrow. Well, I mean, that's, that's wonderful. That's a good way to look at it and, you know, taking something good out of this situation because I know it's difficult and it's hard and it's emotional and stressful. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And I'm also glad that it seems like you had a second chance with your mom. Yeah. You know, it's always good to to hear that, that, you know, you have a second chance to mend things, to, you know, get to know each other better, mm -hmm. you know, even though she was she was um, ill, but yeah. you got a chance to spend time with her and build a relationship um, so that that's that's really great. And I'm sure that makes you happy that. Yeah, because we didn't. You know, I didn't get a lot. Of I love yous and, you know, hugs mm -hmm. and stuff. So I got that. I got you so pretty. Uh, Every day, you you so pretty. That hairstyle, uh, you and it was like okay. it took fifty years, but I got it. You know, so you have to be thankful of that. But I got to hear those words. You love me. You appreciate me. Um, mm. You're so pretty because my daddy was always my beautiful baby girl. And I'm like, daddy, <laughs> you know. But to get it from your mom, you know, because you have a lot of mama trauma out here. You know what I'm saying? And so it's a lot of women don't get along with their mothers or mothers get along with their daughters. There's jealousy. There's all type of issues. So I'm appreciative of the time. So those are where the tears come is because I know she was having a hard time breathing in and to watch us sit there. I said, I asked God and he did what I asked. I, I asked, what were we waiting on? Because even with the oxygen and in hospice, they make you comfortable. They're not trying to like, oh, she needs to go to the emergency room. They're not doing that. It's keeping you comfortable. But those last few days, she was not comfortable to me. She wouldn't even lay all the way back. She was almost just sitting up and she was just it was like, no, no, I don't want her. She got to be suffering to a degree of uh, it got to be hard to breathe. And so that night she took her last breath. So I want to um, remember these 10 months that I have with her. And like I say, the 
moments I have is because it wasn't long enough and I did have her cremated and I'm going to keep some of her ashes and then I'm going to take the rest to Mississippi to spread on her. They have land there. I feel that she is with me and her being in my dreams, let me know. So I'm like, y'all up there, y'all got me. Come on, make me a millionaire, y'all. You know, so I'm appreciative of the time that we had, you know, have to spend together. And, you know, and if anybody's out there that have those similar stories where their parents aren't. I know some things are a little bit harder to men, but I'm telling you, if you do have the opportunity, mm. um, take it, you know, spend a little more time. You know, if you don't have to have them with you, just spend a little bit more time because they want to be forgiven too. I whispered in my mother's ear while she was sleeping that I forgave her, you know, because I knew the his mind would hear it, you know, because if I told her why she was, well, forgive me for what, you know, so it was like, let me do it while she's sleeping. And I did that. So I'm, 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 I'm very happy with how things turned out. Okay. I'm glad that you said that because there are some people who, um, they don't, you know, it's a lot of work being a caregiver and they had traumatic experiences with their parents and they won't, they, mm -hmm. they won't do it. They won't yeah. do it. Not judging anybody, just saying that it's just real where people just won't do it. Let's put it in a put in a nursing home and, and deal with it and whatever. Yeah. But um, I'm glad that you said that, you know, it's it, it's good to be able to have that opportunity to help, to spend time, to men, to have a second chance. You know, it's still, you know, think about that, that, you know, yeah. maybe that time to to clear things up and to get things on the right track. So that's that's great. That's great that you had that opportunity. I went to a mama trauma session. And one thing she said, don't look at your mama as your mama. Look at your mama as a woman. Mm. Because as a woman, you know what you go through. You know what you go through as a mother with your children. So if you look at them as a woman, it's like, what have I been? What have I learned? And what, you know what I'm saying? Obstacles have I had to. And how are you with your kids? Are you a star stellar mother, because I don't think there's no such thing. I think some mothers operate better than others, depending on how their mothers operated and blah, 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 blah. Because we can really go down a list of mothers and grandmothers to see what their lives was and what they had to offer and what they know, because nobody comes out like, I'm the best mother ever. No mistakes <laughs> here, says no one. So I'm saying, when you look at that point of view as just another woman, Mm -hmm. You can maybe have some empathy to know, oh, she did the best she could. You mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. even if they on drugs, let's think about that. If she's on drugs, how does she go on drugs? Why does she go on drugs? Okay, now she it's hard for her to get off. Maybe she started off coping with something that was traumatic for her. But as a child, I know we like, I don't care about that. She should have had no children. It's mm -hmm. just a, a vicious cycle. Because, yeah, but, yeah. But I'm saying, I feel like if you consciously, I'm not doing nothing. Remember when you get old and if your kids, because you might think you was the greatest mom with your kids and your kids be just may be like, I don't want to do it because I'm still living my life. Bam, nursing home. So mm -hmm. I think what goes around can come around. Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure that if it's mendable, mended. I'm not here to disregard anybody's feelings of what happened to them because some people have maybe been through some traumatic things that I could go, oh, no, she didn't do that to me because I was in that session. Different women had different stories. If you were able to um, have her for one more day, if you were able to do something and she, and she was healthy, mm -hmm. what what would it be like? What would that look like? What would you do with her if she was able to do it and you were able to do it? We would definitely travel somewhere because my mother was a traveler, you know, and mm -hmm. um, I remember 
trying as a young girl, like that's why I love to travel. We used to go, you know, everywhere, like with family and stuff like that. Because I know she likes to travel and she loves the blues. I would definitely take her somewhere and be able to, you know, maybe a concert with the blues. Because let me tell you, my mother loved the blues. So when she went to ICU and she was in and I came and she wasn't really talking anything. I got that phone. I put that BB King on and I have a video and I'm actually going to post it because people ask me to post and I'm going to post it and you'll see her go. Mm, you know, she starts singing. So I would definitely want to take her to a blues concert and I would want to take her out of town because she loved to travel. You know, I would I would absolutely do that a cruise or something and just take her, you know, out and just spoil her. Because again, you know, in your frustration, we didn't, I didn't know when she was going to go. So sometimes she, I mean, I'm, yeah, ma, but I just came in here, you know, that's, that's oh, yeah. how I was. Yeah. But now you'd be like, oh, is that too mean when I said that? I should have hugged her then when she said it. Uh, and that's where you feel the guilt and Sick. all that kind of stuff. And you'll go through those emotions. But if I had her, I know traveling and blues, taking her to a concert, I, that that would be ideal for me. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing your story um, and being on Artemis here. And I'm so grateful that you were able to go through it and come out, you know, in a positive light. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that, mm-hmm. it, that that's really good. That's really that's I'm very happy for you in that in that respect that, you know, some people come out and they're depressed and, yeah. you know, and it's hard to start over. It's hard to get started, you know. Yeah, and especially I, for those people that their mom was their best friend and stuff. You miss the presence yeah. of them. But yeah. I think that when you either reconcile or you've had a good relationship with them and you can just pull, um, oh, I miss my mom, but we had some great times or we were able to fix it. Right. I think tears are different. My tears is like I got a robe. I be having a robe on. And mm-hmm. I came home one day. And my son was visiting and he had a robe on. And I almost feel like if you don't take her robe off, you know, <laughs> so I have her robe. I have her little this little bow. My cousin bought her. I even because my mother was cremated. I cut some of her hair and took mm-hmm. and kept that. Um, and just those moments may make me, you know, like you miss her. But it's not like a depressed Right. You know, sadness or anything. It's just the missing of her being here in that time we had. If I do the right things with my body now, I can prolong my life here, maybe on earth and spend more time with my loved ones. You know, if I'm smoking, let me get the patch. You know, let me get they got everything now. Do what you need to do because my mom, like I said, I'm be 52. She's been smoking before I was born. Mm. It had to catch up with her at some point. And once the COPD, then there's no treatment for that. You just have lung problems. Now, everything that you get, pneumonia, everything is here. So it's weakening and weakening and weakening you even more. So take care of yourself. Don't take anything for granted. You are not promised to make it old, you know, um, and enjoy your life. Enjoy it as much as you can. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, Stacey, for um, spending the time with us and sharing your story. I really appreciate it. And I'm sure it'll help someone and other caregivers. And I, I wish yeah, you I best on all your future plans, all the things that thank you're going to do because of this experience. That's awesome. Okay. Thank you. All right. Good night. Good night.